Welcome to another episode of Live Lunch brought to you by Tesco. This week we have got uh, Tesco being these sandwiches. Not sponsored by Tesco. Well, we should always play to that facade. No. <laughs> Matt's, however, devoured his uh, Tesco sandwiches. Yep. Well done, Matt. Um, thanks for joining us in. We are joined by the wonderful Leanne, who is a student intern. You Hello, know, Emmanuel, and just a wonderful person. You've been a guest on us with Live Lunch before. Yep, yep, and yep. I'm sure we're going to have some wonderful things said by the wonderful Leanne. <laughs> I might not say wonderful again in this episode. Ooh, wonderful. Yeah, wonderful. 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 Uh, wonderful. And Matt, because you are on the other side of the table. Yeah. Time, so all the power is in oh, yeah. my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt, it's because you um, preached to us this Sunday. Now, if you're watching from one of our sites, um, you, you probably had one of your side preachers, but Matt preached at the New England side, and it's also the video that went up to the live stream. Yeah. Uh, Matt, do you want to pick somebody off your preach? Yeah, well, in our resilient series, we're looking at uh, James, uh, the, the, the book of James in the New Testament, and we're up to the second chapter. And this, uh, like many different parts of James, he's like straight in with something very practical that he wants the churches that he's writing to to do. And in this case, verse one, show no partiality. And so it's a message uh, about treating people, uh, as Jesus has said, in terms of loving your neighbor, not showing favoritism, not showing partiality, not discriminating, uh, but actually a feature of the, the gospel, that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just an internal decision that we make to know Jesus, but actually, again, this is one of the main themes through James, it's a life-changing, life-shaping reality that mm. we are brought into that affects not just ourselves, not just our attitude to God and whether it exists or not, but actually affects the way we treat other people as well. And so that's what James is getting at with this one. And it's a challenging one. It's a challenging one to actually um, do what James says here in terms yeah. of bearing a cost mm. to love others moving away from our own preferences and what's mm. comfortable for us mm -hmm. in order to befriend, get to know, genuinely build community with people who are different to us, whether yeah. it's rich and poor, black and white, old and young, the differences between people. The church should be a gospel community where those divisions are, are real. We don't pretend that they're not, they're not there, but actually we cross those what would be dividing lines with love yeah. and a genuine friendship and that sort of thing and, mm -hmm. and so it's a challenging one but hopefully a shaping one for us as a church yeah. brilliant um, to, to jump straight in uh, you talked about um, Christianity unlike other religions is, is not based on division um, in terms of class or social status or any of those things uh, that there's equality of everybody within yeah. the Christian religion but one of the big accusations against Christianity and the church uh, sometimes even the Bible, is well, there's a lot of inequality between men and women. Yeah. Um, how would you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, one of the things... And take your time because I'm going to start eating my food. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that is, um, you know, the Bible affirms the equality of people on the first page. Yeah. So we were talking about a minute ago or something Yeah, so... Um, we, we were even having a conversation about this yesterday, actually, um, in the student community, but we were just referring back to Genesis chapter one, um, verse 27. And this is all on the same line. So it says, so God created man in his in his own image. He created them. He created 
he curated him in the image of God. Um, he created them male and female, or tongue twister. But everything's on the same line, same sentence. Um, he didn't say he created male and then a couple of verses down said um, created female, but actually created male and female in his image. He created them. Um, and I think that's really powerful to say that even there, there's just, there's equality. Like God just sees us both male and female. He created them, loves them both, loves us both. There's no division there. Um, but that's not to dismiss everything that we see in society today. That's not to dismiss um, the people that have um, an issue or like see the inequality or discrimination against women um, um, in the Bible um, or culturally speaking. But it's actually to say, okay, what is the truth? What is God, where does God stand? What is God saying? Which is the most important thing? Um, and even just, I think we'll get into this a little bit later, little, um, later on in the conversation but um, Jesus came to really dismantle the thinkings of, of of this culture that we read about in James but all throughout scripture really um, God does not affirm these things and I think that's why we always have to come back to Genesis chapter 1 mm-hmm. that this is what God is saying yeah. and am I truly going to believe this despite how I feel or despite how I'm being treated um but yeah, that's that's yeah, super important. Yeah, and, and I think just before you start talking, oh, I can see people like, oh, oh my days! Wow! Oh yes, Lucy Felly. Also, everybody, Lucy Felly is the wonderful artist behind uh, the Brazilian art behind the wall, and also painted some smacks. Yes. Uh, shout out to Lucy. Not only is she a fantastic painter, she brings. Oh my God, she brings us good food. This is well. <laughs> wow. Lucy. Thank you. Yes, okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry, man. I, I think I've been caught from like this because I'm just curry. Sorry, anyway, um, that's why I get distracted. Yeah, I, I think so. From that, what Liana said there, which I hundred percent agree with, we have to say, well, whenever we don't live up to that, whether that's now in our church, whether that's in the church historically, and um, that. We, we, we're, we're falling short of what God has uh, commanded yeah. us to, to do and live out. Yeah. Like, so, it, it, you know, where women have been mistreated, which has happened um, in the church, within the church, what I'm saying is the church has not always got this right, and every generation and every church needs to reflect on, are, are we doing this right? Are yeah. we um, being, being obedient to this? Yeah. So, so you established that within scripture, it's right in Genesis, um, it starts up with men and women create equal. No, no, that's just true. The trajectory of scripture does point to the, 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 the arc of scripture does point was the equality between men and women. And Paul writes in, um, in one of his letters uh, that there is no male and female. Galatians, in, right? in yeah. Galatians, there's no male and female. Uh, obviously, talking about uh, in Christ, the access that we have to, to God is yeah. not based on our gender. Yeah. Uh, and, and the oneness that we can experience with Him. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think you're right. It it comes across from from the leadership that that is generally their heart. There's there's not a a desire to suppress women and to, yeah. and to oppress women at its worst. That we are led by good men with yeah. good families. However, um, there's a butt coming in. <laughs> there's a butt coming. Uh, yes, but however, <laughs> um, what it might not be the reality. It, it could be it is the perception that how do you help a woman who walks into a church? 
and sees mostly men uh, on the stage, mm. on the platform, who sees uh, Jesus leading 12 men or choosing 12 men mm. uh, and, and all of those. And I think, you know, I guess how do you help women with the perception that Christianity is not equal? It is biased towards men. Yeah. What would you say to them? I think, I think it's important to say how to help women and how to help men because um, yeah. many men that all, would also see and, and I think to be, to be very real uh, for us as, as Emmanuel even the way that we outwork this in our context is different from many if not most churches even in the UK you know to, to have distinctions in the way we have between men and women in terms of leadership and eldership and um, you know I say that plainly I'm not embarrassed about that and that's because uh, as, as Leanne has said, Genesis is equality, but also in Genesis we see distinction between, between men yeah. and women. Yeah. He makes men and women, doesn't just make people, and just in a generic sense, and there might be differences in men and women, um, and, it's, and it's incidental. It's not, in, men are men, women are women, and God's made like that. Yeah. And that means that the best way that as a, as a Christian to my brothers, I can love and serve them, is to treat them as equal as a brother. My, the best way to affirm their equality is to treat them as a brother. The best way to affirm um, the women in the church is to affirm them as women and as sisters and, and not just think that those are not important distinctions. They are important distinctions. Um, and I would want women to, in our church to feel affirmed as women and in their equality. So yes, so I think other teachings in the Bible talks about that distinction, talks about um, fathers are not the same as mothers, that there's a, there's a distinction of a role there, yeah. that that should be played out in the church, that you have the fathers in the church who take responsibility to, to, to lead the church and we, we call it elders uh, in, in, our, in our language. Um, and so we have uh, elders who are all male and they do uh, the vast majority of the teaching. Uh, and we see there's a connection with that. Well, there's a whole thing that we, you know, to, to talk about that and to un unpack that. But I think part of the dynamics that's going on and part of why we realise and recognise that that feels very out of step. Uh, we recognise a little bit out of step with the church in general, but out of step with the culture. Yeah. But that is partly uh, to do with, with what people see as what's important in the church and who are the important people because mm. we would want to say that because you know for myself you know if, if someone's to, someone's to come in to our church and, and see me on on the at the front teaching everyone and you know 100 people in front of me and they'll listen to me and that sort of thing is that well and we say well actually it's the, the elders that do that job primarily you think well isn't that isn't that sexist why are you not letting you know women do the important things as well i was part of my answer in that would be like, well, I think because of the culture we live in, we see that person as their yeah. most important person. But I think when I am preaching, for me, the most important people are who I'm listening to. I'm, I'm there to serve them yeah. and help them. Yeah. Plus, I'm seeing them, I'm trying to love them and serve them. And I think Jesus completely transforms our idea of mm. what's important and what leadership looks like. He's like, if you want to lead people, you, you wash people's feet. You know, you, you become their servant. Mm. Um, and it's, so it's not about ego, it's not about celebrity, it's not about having people adore you and that sort of thing. That is not the role of <laughs> uh, leader. And then some of those ideas feed into our perception of what church looks like. It, 
I've touched the surface on mm. that, but start. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I think Matt's touched on it, but just seeing the stage mm. as like, so when you walk in and you see um, somebody on stage, you see that as like, yeah, they're the person that's like, oh, this is high and mighty. Yeah, like they're they're meant to be, they're leading, you know, which as you've kind of kind of changed that a little bit, leadership, servant, servanthood. Um, I think what we see in culture, when we see somebody on stage, we immediately equate that to somebody that's like high and mighty. It comes and comes, kinds of comes into what we've been talking about, rich, poor quality, like, you know, partiality and all that stuff. I think it doesn't help when we come in to a church. The church is different. You know, the way that God has set things up is very different to what we've been in touch with our whole life's culture. So we come in with the culture mindset of how church should look and it's it's dangerous really. Um, that's not to obviously dismiss anything about what we're saying in terms of representation because I think that's really important. But when we come in with the mindset that, you know, that person on stage or when I all I see is met, like, you know, see men here doing that and this and that in these positions, I already feel like I'm not valued as a woman. I think that's really dangerous because that is not immediately equated to um, positions of power or anything. Does does that make sense? So, yeah, I've said a lot there. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and there, and there, it's right. And there can be a fixation on the breaching or that Sunday thing when actually, you know, people would look at other aspects of our church and, and not see men do so and women not do so. Yeah. We actually, whether it's our small groups and alpha and other contexts, um, you know, leading worship and that sort of thing, there's just as many men and women doing doing leading and serving and and in the, in those contexts as well. So I think I think culturally we fixate on the, the speaking and preaching one, but and I think there's some health helpfulness in that. Yeah. There's, some, there's a bit of distraction. Mm. Well, that's really good. Um, I think pretty soon in this conversation, we've touched on gender differences really briefly, and obviously it's a much bigger, longer conversation. And yeah. is, is there questions on Instagram that are coming through right now? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very happy to, to keep that conversation going. Well, the producer, Jessica Loki, will um, hit us with any of the questions that Yes, yeah, so shout. You've got a shout out from Chile. She says, God bless. We love you, Chile. Hey, <laughs> thank you. Um, oh, is it me or, or General. Leah? It's all for that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Blessings oh. to all. Blessings to all. A bit of a celebrity. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a mic, you know. Um, yeah, and I just think, you know, this is this is a conversation, and by no means is this the end of the conversation on the death mm. response to all the questions that are coming. I think we 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 want to stay, we want to keep this conversation live to a certain extent. And yeah, and that's partly why we're doing this. Live Absolutely, much. that isn't to to tease those things out. Yeah. Yeah. So please, if you do have any questions, we uh, you to chuck them in. You might want to ask Matt what hair gel he uses. What hair gel do you use, Matt? Um, something I can't remember. It's like clay. It's like it's <laughs> just like so well kept. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and now we're getting off. Sorry, we're getting, we're getting off piece. Um, I think let, let, let's 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 touch about um, some of the real stuff, which I think you were going to answer this uh, question. But but before that, the, one of the other things that you you talked about um, was how an atheist grounds for um, uh, what's it for? Believing in equality yeah. is unfounded. Yeah. God has to be at, at the foundation. Yeah. So implying that an mm. atheist couldn't actually believe, or is not capable of, of 
fostering equality. Yeah. Or creating a culture of equality. Yeah. Yeah. In a consistent way. But that may not, again, that may not be our experience. Like, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we know plenty of uh, people who don't have a faith. Yeah. Um, who would even be anti-religion and, and anti the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would probably be the people that really fight for equality. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's true. How, how, would you, uh, how would you speak to that? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to hear what Leanne says on this as well. Because I know, you know, Leanne is much younger than me and the millennial generation. And this is even bigger. Uh, for that for that generation then far in terms of social justice and equality and that sort of thing so um but i think i think to, to unpack a little bit of what i said um I, I i wouldn't say that you have to be a christian to genuinely believe in equality i think people's desire for equality is very sincere and actually you're right some people who are not christians um, are the most vocal and probably do the most and what like, put Christians to shame in a way of how much to push forward on equality in our society and culture. Sometimes us Christians can be guilty of not engaging in culture and not speaking out into that in a way that we yeah. should. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's very important. The point I was making was that, that there's an inconsistency with that. I think what's going on there is that they, there's, a, there's, a, there's a God-designed instinct and desire that sees people as made in the image of God um, that people are unaware of like genuinely unaware of um, because what I was pointing out is that belief that there is no great God is inconsistent with that impulse I, so I would want to push uh, if, if, we, if we're having that conversation here for example with someone who say well I'm not, I'm not a Christian, I'm, I don't believe God exists but I'm passionate about equality I would want to ask where do you think that comes from? Yeah. Did you generate that? Like, what is your feel? Because it's such a strong thing, and it's very right, and it's very good, mm. but it's such a strong impulse. And you say, well, I just have it. And I say, my explanation is because God put it there, and because God has made you and made you to see other people as important and valuable. Your atheistic worldview has not landed you there. It's something, it must be something else. Um, but yeah, I don't know, Leanne, you want to say something? Because it's... You, you probably encounter it with your peers more, more than mine. Yeah. Peers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love what you just said. Um, it's another thing we were talking about yesterday, about how, where does these impulses come from? Um, where, do you, where does it come from to, especially atheists, um, to want to see um, equality, um, to want to be involved with social justice? Where does it come from is a big question. Um, and... I think that's where I start, to be fair, um, when speaking to people that I come across that just really dismiss Christianity, but specifically say that they are atheists. Um, and we're talking about social justice, we're talking about equality. Um, yeah, like where, where do you think that this comes from? Where does this passion come from? Which comes into the question of what you just asked really is, can they really be, um, can they really be for equality? Um, and I guess my question is yes, but, what equality are we talking about? Um, where are we? What definition are we? Because obviously, we there is the biblical equality that we're speaking of, and Matt's um, touched on it, and probably we'll get into it. But how equality doesn't look the same, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or like it doesn't look the same in terms of you know, yeah. yeah. But there are differences there. But I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. I think what I'm trying to say is that 
the, the big question is where, where is this all coming from? You really do need to probe that. Um, I mean, it, 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 it gets it gets confused, doesn't it? Yeah. Where, what, there's an impulse to push for something, yeah. but when it's attached to different worldviews and different understandings, actually what we're seeing in our culture right now is some of the things are coming into collision. Yeah. You know, so feminism is a push for equality. Mm. Transgender rights is a push for equality. Mm. But because it's just on equality and it's attached to different worldviews, they are coming into conflict right now. Those those two things, which is really interesting for a Christian even to observe. That's yeah. the thing. It's like there's this impulse, but we can't agree. It's what you're saying. We yeah. can't quite agree on what equality what, looks like. What we yeah. We've got no outside arbiter. Yeah. It's just what I feel should be the case. Yeah. And that can be quite subjective, mm. and that's what we're seeing playing out. Like without from the Christian point of view, without a creator God to say, no, actually, there is something that's right. There is a way of people to live. There is some boundaries here. We have, without God, we have to make up those lines of our mm. Inevitably, different people are going to draw those lines yeah. in different places to say, this is, this is my version of equality. I will live according to that. And someone else says, this is my version of equality, and I will live according to that. And they're going to... This is where the conditions come to. Yeah. Result, is it? yeah. Absolutely. And I guess the other big thing is how... How you deal with your frustration when you don't see, um, when you or when you when you see injustice carrying on and oppression carrying on, um, if you're placing all I guess all your hope into mm. what you can accomplish in your own strength, yeah. it can get pretty frustrating. Yeah, because you'd be like, well, it still happens. Yeah, it's still evil in the world. It's yeah, still, yeah, as hard as we may push against um, certain things, stuff just keeps cropping up. Yeah, um, yeah. and how do you deal with with that frustration of like? I guess the creation has a, has a hope in, in God's promise of um, the restoration and the renewal of all of creation and, and the entire world. And yeah. one day, all these wrongs will be put right. Yeah. Um, and, and again, the, the, I guess the justice beyond the grave. Because yeah. at the end of the day, if you think that when, we, when we die, we're stuffed out, that's it, it's finished. Yeah. What happens is the person has gotten away with it. Mm. But we don't believe that. We believe, like, no, 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 you will, have, you will be held in account for all of your crimes and, and all of your sins. Yeah. And then you've got to deal with God. Yeah. Um, I, think and, that's, I think that's really interesting. because, I, And I think Jesus really helps us on that. Because when you look at Jesus and his earthly ministry, you see Jesus, he wept for the city. He look, it says he looked on the, on, on the people yeah. and he had compassion on them because they were sheep with a shepherd. He's like, they're lost. They don't know the, the right way to go. Mm. And he can, so he's, he's feeling the pain yeah. of living in the broken world. Yeah. And we do that as Christians as well. But at the same time, he sleeps very well. Like Jesus, he's asleep in the boat when the storm's going on. Like there's a peace that he also knows. And um, that, that somehow the Christian follows Jesus in both, that we break for our broken world, mm. but also know our peace. Yeah. And it's not that one just over, overrides, overrides the other. Mm. That's such a great point, mate. Yeah. It's really good. Well, yeah. Well said. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. You can actually think about it, like, yeah, I should, I should sleep well, uh, because I'm at peace with who God is and what you yeah. can. Yeah. And even on the, on the poor thing as well, you know, Jesus said, you'll always have the poor with you. Mm. So as a Christian, you might be like, well, what can we do about the poor? Because they're always going to be there, so we just throw up our hands and not engage. But then you see what he did. He's always got time for the poor. He's, he looks for the poor, even in this passage in James. And Paul writes to remember the poor. Yeah, remember yeah. the poor. He, he describes the poor here as that are they not the ones who are the heirs of the kingdom? Like, it seems to be a special place in the heart of God for yeah. the poor. But at the same time, Jesus, but they'll always be there. So it's not like 
it's almost like in the tension of this problem is not going to be solved, but still in the midst of that, we're called to show compassion and love and service. Yeah. Um, the book of James does it because you could say it counters against the inactivity or the the, pass- the passivity of. Well, I'm not in control, so yes, nothing else I can absolutely. do. Like, uh, James again says, no, 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 nope. you've got to do stuff. You've got to be yeah. doers. You've got to the solution. Uh, yeah. Be doers of the word, yeah. just hearers, as we, as we heard yeah. um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. That's really great. Um, we probably have time for one more. Uh, well, I w- yeah, uh, before, uh, I wanted to ask you, yeah. because I think probably as, as Emmanuel, I, th- I think it is, I think it is changing in terms of our diversity. I think we are a fairly diverse church, but we're probably actually more diverse than even the city that we're in. However, there has been, and there probably isn't, is certainly in some parts of the church, is a white middle class. Now I'm saying this, we've got a cross gospel divide, so I'm really interested to know from, from both of you your experience of coming. To, does it does it feel like a white middle class church? How has that made you feel? Because part of what I was saying is like we've got to understand each other better. We've got to learn how even things that we're doing that we don't have to do, but we think everyone should do this, and actually makes other people not feel as at home and not feel as connected. And that's sort of thing. I'd love to know your experience. Yeah, I think um, so. I came into Emmanuel 2017, um, and it looks so different to how it looks today. Like crazy different, um, and I think. Um, with my own personal experience I didn't actually go because I didn't really know about class and you know about class but you don't really know about class until you're in a position um, so I didn't really think too much about it like oh middle class you know white middle class church just came in I was like oh okay this is different to what I know and I spoke a little bit about this in the past as well um, so that was quite intimidating like you know coming into a place where nobody looks like me and then also you don't really see um outside of the church you don't on a you know on a weekly basis you know monday to friday monday to saturday you don't really see much of that community um on the sunday so you don't really hear much um you don't really get people saying oh come to our house or you know come do this with us or like we really want to get you involved da, 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 da. so that's where we see a massive difference today i think that you know a lot of things have have changed in that sense but i think it even comes into what we can do to better shape our church so that it is a gospel shaped church is that whole stepping outside of our comfort zone and and being doing the costly things so you know it's very very easy for me to just speak to somebody that is similar to me you know similar backgrounds ethnicity we're all the same but i think being at emmanuel um we're in a better position but harder position but better position where we can actually step out in faith and go hey come come be with me come to our house or you know let's go out um for a walk or something because we're we're all we're all so different Mm -hmm. there's so many different ethnicities and there's just so there's so much difference in our church we're in a better position to actually do the very thing that james is talking about Yeah. yeah 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 um and be resilient because I was looking up the word resilient I was like what does it actually mean to be resilient in this case this is this is what it means to be in an uncomfortable situation but actually persevere to keep on going Um, but yeah so kind of intertwined questions but that's kind of my experience in short um, and where we are today you've nailed it with the whole resilient thing is resilient is is the trials should make you stronger yeah because it's God working in you and and even taking that uncomfortable step of reaching out to somebody who 
you probably can't connect with or you don't have any, very much in common yeah. uh, it, it, I guess in a way it's a, it's a bit of a trial yeah um, but just believing no but God's promise is that there's joy on the other side that he, he's working on us he's making us resilient through the power of his spirit in us yeah and I think just to underline the whole point of friendship uh, I think for me that's been massive it's like the relationships that you establish are just so key yeah uh, and I think it's both ways I think you, you know you want to be receivers of people reaching out to you but you'll slowly stepping out and um, you know it, 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 can't, it can't just be on white people to make friends with nope. white people I think everybody's got to make friends with everybody yeah yeah uh, and it just makes a big difference because even as friends there's always miscommunication even within people of your same ethnicity there's mm. miscommunication that's just part of life um, but I guess it's grace for that when you have the relationship uh, and I think you know, just online, what you said is you step out, make those friends. Um, you know, three of us here, we've been we've known each other for 12 or 13 years. Yeah, a long time. A long time. And we're still, still, we're we're still eating together. <laughs> we've been, uh, it, it, it's, it's curry, and I might be against the curry too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being silly. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, that's key. Mm. We just, it's just fun, isn't it? Like having loads of different friends from different cultures. Yeah. I know that the joy that. Um, people from different ethnicities bring me is, is very different and thinking of some of the friends that I have like, I have a great laugh though yeah, uh, yeah. my friends who are not but yeah no, no, that, that, that's all uh, there we go yeah this, I think this just represents what Jesus is talking about and what we're what the preach really concluded with just being these doers but also just doing what the gospel is saying we should do this This is the demonstration isn't yeah it? yeah Just eating together from three different ethnicities and having a good laugh together yeah uh, someone's like we planned it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining us thanks Leanne for being with us again no worries uh, Matt wonderful job okay, what's happening next week at the menu Ah, oh, you always ask me this question and catch me out well we'll go on to the next part of uh, James Joel Vogel we'll preaching I think so yeah Joel preaching <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a wonderful lunch and we're gonna take it to the scurry. See you later. Bye!